Hello and welcome to Net That Hall. We're back for the Game Week 27 matchups show. We've got Hyung Min Sun on the thumbnail, hopefully playing centre forward. We'll talk more about that later. And I'm, of course, FPL Nima, and I'm joined by my co-host, Gabriel, at FPL Lens. How are you doing, buddy? Um, it's good to see you here on this Thursday afternoon and just two days out, two nights out from the next deadline. We're almost there and we have chip strategies flying all across X and Twitter and all over the WhatsApps. Do let us know in the chat what your chip strategies are, guys. We're, we're yeah, going to be dodging those, those. We're going to be dodging. Yeah, we're going to be dodging those. Like, 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 like Neo <laughs> in the Matrix. So, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> that's what you're here for. You, you've come to the right place. Uh, I, I'm doing great. It's a beautiful Thursday morning here in uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, diving into the second cup of coffee as as we get into the the matchups the philosophy we got we got a bunch of haulers in the chat um looking forward to um yeah let's let's see uh let's see where we're gonna go with it with this show you know and when it's when it's you and i like steering steering the ship as it were although you're getting better at it man you're 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 like uh i I think it's time for you to get promoted we'll just think about (laughs) that Yeah, we'll have to think about that. We're going to go really quickly into it this week. So we're going to go straight into the philosophy. And then we'll talk a little bit about kind of what we've learned about the blanks and doubles ahead before diving into just the matchups for the game week ahead. Uh, Remember, we'll do the Q&A at the end. So we'll be starring your questions as we go. And we'll timestamp it if you can't watch the whole thing. We'll do a few shout outs as well after the philosophy. Just say hi to everyone. I'll start putting your messages up on the screen and love to interact with you all. Thank you for supporting the channel. As always, we love all the haulers. So Let's do the game week 27 philosophy of the week. Two minutes in. This is a new record, I think, Gabe. And it's a Persian man. I, I mentioned yeah, I, I mentioned promotion and you like you step up your game, man. You step it up in the big games. So the FPL philosophy for game week 27 comes to us from one of one of one of your boys here, uh Nima, a Persian uh poet and philosopher. Uh, Rumi, he said, the wound is the place where the light enters you. And I'm gonna go straight to like just well. In general, in life, this the, what this basically means is where you've been hurt. That's where you have an opportunity to show compassion, and showing compassion to people is an expression of kind of like divine light. Is in 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 this sense. But um, for and then for FPL, I'm gonna go right to to FPL Fran, who's who's in the chat here. He says chip strategy is cry because my wild card 26 ain't cooking, and 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 that it hurts like my. My chip strategy is like in a in like a ninja blender, and it's all it's all over the universe at this point because, and but and and that hurts right because these that's supposed to be the fun part of FPL. You make these big decisions, and and you're like, yes, I'm going like I'm going to do great against the field because I have all these ideas, and then it doesn't work out that way, and it hurts. But that's where the lessons are. That's where you where you're like, okay, well. Like, where did I mess up? Um, where did I go wrong? What was variance? What could have been avoided? And so on and so forth. So just like de- detach yourself from the pain of the wound and uh, and the light can enter you. Yeah, definitely. And I think just on that note, from an FPL point of view, how that's negatively impacted me, you're right. Because now I think about it, I was having a really bad start to the season for the first 10 weeks or so. It was worse than last year at the same time. And last year was my worst finish in eight years. So I thought this is really bad. Then I suddenly end up like in the top 100K for the first time since the season before last. So things turn Mm -hmm. around by about game week 20 now. So the first chip strategy with the first wildcard, it it seemed to work out. 
now we get to here, right? In the last five, six weeks, I've been treading water. It's been gray arrows, small reds. I'm just stuck in this one place, right? And every single decision I've made has gone wrong. So every opportunity, like Franz Wildcard, like your chip strategy as well, Gabe, um, the wound is massive because I've opened myself to it. Like every transfer I made, the player I sold pulls and the player I buy like doesn't play or they play like half a game in a double game week. Or like last week, to give you the perfect scenario, I took a hit minus four, right? I brought in Solanke and Huang. They're both blanked and they're both injured this week. It's just like that just compounds like everything that's been happening to me every week. So if you're in the chat and you've been suffering too, let us know. But I'm just like treading water and I have to keep reminding myself that this is a game. I'm meant to enjoy it and like I'm doing okay rank wise. Just, just stick to it. But yeah, it is pain. That I, wound comes in wide. It's it 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 is. It's so wide. So I I I I tried to take on Saka by going triple Arsenal defense. Uh, when when you guys conceded every single game, and I was like, okay, that was a mistake. Bring Saka back, but, so it brings Saka back in after he just absolutely ruins me. And there there have been like you know whatever wounds like that uh, will happen when you're playing FPL. That is the nature of the game. As uh, BW Split says, I've got so much light entering me this week. Yeah, good, good for you. Uh, bless you, I guess. Quick couple shout outs, and then we'll go to. Um the kind of the summary of the chips that are coming out these days so we got bw splitter one of our youtube members lovely to see you almost noon where they are we've got craig here as well of course good to see you buddy another episode of man on pod recorded earlier as well by him so looking forward to tucking into that we have k7 afternoon gents robin popperwell afternoon lads colin boogler still smiling Thank you and thank you, Awobi. I love, I love you guys. Thank you for what you did <laughs> and your service. Um, Elron Cupboard, Ahoy Shippers. We've got Claire FPL. Lovely to see you, FPL Fran. Hello, chefs. Sounds like we're all struggling in the kitchen right now. I don't know if you've ever played Overcooked. It's a bit like that, and we're not delivering the food in time for anyone who gets that reference. Final few shout outs, and then we'll get into the show. So, Chris Richards, hey lads, good to see you live as well. General Zod, good to see you at their screen for once. Work from home Thursday. And we have Jared as well. Hey, haulers, not so much last week. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, so that's everyone caught up. Uh, get your questions in. We'll start off at the end of the show. We'll keep going. But just for the chip strategy section, so obviously the fixtures have now been confirmed for game week 29. There's only four matches. As we know, the matches are Aston Villa versus West Ham, Brentford versus Burnley. We have a Fulham versus Tottenham, uh, Luton versus Forest. And that's... That's it, I think, right? A Tottenham, sorry, but T Tottenham as well versus Fulham. So we already said that, I think. But yeah, either way, there's not many to go for there. I've got three players myself, I'm not going to lie. And two of them are uh, Ariola and Taylor. So I have Watkins with Ariola and Taylor. Those are the only three players I have. So I've got to start thinking for real now, do I free hit or do I take a massive hit and bring in like three Luton players and game me 28 for their double and then they don't blank? And I want to ask you about that later because that's the narrative I've been seeing on the timeline. I think I could reduce mm -hmm. all of the talk since the chip strategies have been announced to will you take minus 12 to buy triple Luton and field nine players or will you free hit? And everyone's just arguing over which free hit has more upside, 34 or 29. Let us know what you're thinking. Unless, in the chat unless you've used it. Well, right? So then we've got your situation. Unless I, you're, you're me. I, I just used it. <laughs> Just and how many players do you have? Did you mention? Did you have similar number of players three. as me? Right, three. three. If if Pedro Porro is fit, then, then I'll have three. Your three are better than mine, though. Right, like, I've got like Taylor and Ariola. You got like Porro. Um, you, you got I have Porro, Dowdy, and Tony. So uh, I think Tony and Watkins are probably like even out. 
I yep. guess. Um, I don't know. But it's three players. Yeah, so you're I, in a worse I, situation than me. Oh yeah, I'm I'm in the worst situation. I I think I I think 29 is kind of shit. The fixtures but, that are there, you don't really like them. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'll be missing out on much. I'll I'll take the red in 29. Whatever, I'll take any red. <laughs> I I might join you. So I might if if it goes to plan, right? My idea would be that I would um maybe take a minus four next week and then a minus eight the week after. So it'd be like spread as a minus 12. And it will be like, it depends what I do. Because if I use a free hit, I could buy like lots of Bournemouth players because they should double again after 29 as well. But they blank in 29. And that's kind of my thinking right now. It's like, do I buy players that blank in 29 and lean into the free hit? So make use of it and let it uh, change my transfer plans for the weeks before and after it? Or... Do I just go? Because like I want to buy Hyung Min Sun, right? He's the thumbnail of the week and he plays in 29. So immediately by buying him, I feel like now I've got four players that week. Should I use another free transfer and get five? Another free transfer, get to six? Then take mm, a hit, well, get to seven? Take two hits, get to eight? So part of me thinks maybe that's a better plan. So I'm interested to think that actually, how many players do you think you need then? That's my final question. Well, and we'll move to game week 27. Like I'm on free. I could have four if I buy Sun. How many is your minimum for the main contenders? I don't think there's a minimum. I think I think whatever. I think it just depends on your strategy. Like I, to give I you an the, idea, the whole time. The free, yeah, yeah. So the free hit. I was going to say the free hit uh, predicted points for twenty nine that I've seen on like uh, I think it was Draft Town. It's about fifty nine points. So like then you ask yourself, okay, like if I have five six players, but they were the players to have that most people have, and then I miss out a couple of crap defenders or something. What if I'm predicted 40 points, 45 points? I'll take that. I'll take Hell like yeah, that. I'll take that in a second. Right? Like if I can be 15 to 20 but, but points I, behind I think... the chip users in that week with less players, yeah, why not? So I, I think after we go through the matchups, I think I think we're going to be more in the mood for hits. I hope so, man. Because if there's matches to be targeting this week, then I can bring those hits forward. And that, I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. Spell. Cool. Yeah, so exactly. we're going to give me 27 in that out. case. Uh, we won't talk about 34 and 37 much. What I will say is obviously like we can't really do the matchups and the chips all in one pod. They'd probably have to be two separate ones. And we don't want to rebuild the wheel, right? So there's lots of great content out there. Like I was just listening to James's Planet FPL one, the chip strategy. Check that out if you want just the chip strategy special. Highly recommended. But I think we're just going to the matchups for this week. In terms of future doubles, I will say there's going to be a massive one in 37. It sounds like it could be anywhere from 10 to 12 teams. Um, in 34, it sounds like it could only be four teams really doubling, maybe some blanking. Chelsea seem to be a team that will maybe double in 35 or 36. So there could be like a really small double where Chelsea are doubling in that. And that's just one to keep an eye out for, I suppose. So yeah, they're, 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 there's your thinking. So I've got, you know, just all my chips left. So I'm going to have to make a decision now, I think. But maybe if I buy Sun, I could still free hit if I really want, right? So I, I just don't know what 34 and 37 look like yet. And one thing I want to say is the reason I don't want to spend too much time here is it's still all predicted. We only really know 29. So like when the semifinals of the FA Cup happen, whoever gets through the quarterfinals will like, you know, be not playing or blanking in the other future games or doubling. So in that mind, right now, just to give you the best perspective and we'll move on is I think Ben Krenner's spreadsheet here on the screen, it has Bournemouth doubling in 34. But like James's one, he thinks they're more likely to double in 37. So even that is still unknown. So I would take a pinch of salt and just attack this period till the next international break in March. 
until blank 29 and we just go from there mm -hmm. let's go to the first game brentford versus chelsea i love these new graphics do you want to give a little shout out on those as well yeah so this comes to us from at draft alchemy on on x um he, he's been doing some visualizations for us using using event data so we have what what I love about this is so he he's produced zonal expected threat conceded and zonal xg uh he calls it difference they're both matchups based so one is kind of like in the build up where the dangerous build up occurs and the other one is kind of where the dangerous shots occur and then we have the the chance creation with which with the zonal matchup so so what what we can start doing is kind of like mapping threat to chance creation to shot and, and in doing so, it, it, we can kind of like see, maybe, maybe identify some patterns here. So just to, to illustrate for um, for those in the, the on, a, on podcast and maybe if, if you can get to YouTube to, to check these out or, or to X, I'll post these sometime tonight. So for your early morning over there in the UK um, or, or go check out uh, at FPL Lens on, on X. So what we see here, like we'll start with Brentford. Well, I mean. Brentford, like Chelsea attack is um, like as far as the, the expected threat side, right? Ch Chelsea's attack as far as the, um, the maps go um, is favored over Brentford. The expected threat side, you're looking at probably more chance creation um, or like build up from, from the left-hand side. But it says like the, the chance creation for Chelsea against Brentford is going to come from the right-hand side. And that's where also where the XG is going to come from. So if you think of like how like like it's it's basically all Cole Palmer for Chelsea these days, isn't it? Like even if that expected threat on that left hand side does light up like that, um, I would kind of favor like the the two that match. So it's like the the zonals with the XG, um, and that's one of the reasons why I, I held on to Cole Palmer. I, I think it's a great matchup for him. Getting him behind Regilon um, is is just like it's just just fantastic. I, I bet he comes away with at least one return, like potentially a haul uh here how do you see it yeah so i currently don't think i have anyone in this game and um i do really wish i had cole palmer to be honest so i did sell him and all the blanks and stuff but all those decisions went wrong as we said in the philosophy section so it's been a bad five six game weeks um so forgetting that i find i want to get a plan to get him back right because if he could double in like a game week outside the main doubles and he's gonna blank again in 29 he's someone who like i could buy this week if I've committed to the 29 free hit strategy. So that's something I need to consider. Like I could do Huang to Palmer and just make that decision and go back and count my losses, right? So I really need to think about it because that is something I'm open to. And I really want to get him back and I feel like I can hold him. Once I get him, I'll hold him till the end of the season. He's going to be like maybe my gross replacement as well. So I've got gross, I've got Huang, I've got that spot. Someone can go and I, I envy you. I feel like you're one move ahead of me by already having him. So fair play to you. Well, in a way, and 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 about five moves behind you because you have your free hit. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> I I think what if if you have a free hit, you you need to look at it as like that free that the impact of that free hit on your transfers now. You don't have to force players in. You don't have to even think about looting any players. <laughs> you know, you can just you can just do your thing. Get the players you want to get. Plan long term for thirty four mm. and thirty seven and all of that. And just not worry, not worry about a game week that's probably not worth worrying about, and yeah. and, and you're safe. And you're safe ceiling, with the free hit. Yeah. Then, 
it's it's it just seems like the path of least resistance seems like less stress it seems like super like the super chill way to go i feel like um, for someone like me and you who's got free players i think if you had yours you would use it right if you had free players now two weeks away yeah yeah and I, like I, I don't regret using it last game week i think i ended up with i don't know 60 high 60s um so i, I, I was pretty happy with that and and i knew my, my team was a mess um uh, for for last game week but if i wouldn't have used it last game week I'd probably use it for this one so I can adequately so I'd have more time to plan and and be taking less hits. But but then again, then my wild card would have looked different as well. That's why it's so um it's not not pointless, but it's so like time consuming to talk about um individual situations because of the ripple effect that goes back. Like my wild card would have been different if I was planning to free hit in 29 instead of 26. Mm. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense because yeah, you planned towards that exactly. So you would have then had to free hit once you got there. Um, I think right. we'll talk about these players in the Q and A. So in the interest of kind of just making up for some of the time from the beginning, when I said we won't talk about chip strategy, but then we did. So we'll keep going from there. But I um, also love Tony. I think I think Tony yeah, Tony yeah. will get something. Tony at home, like never bet against Tony at home. So he's another one that like if I was gonna not use a free hit, maybe he could come in this week for you know that's someone i could consider as well but i need to really figure out what i'm going to do it's, it's thursday now the deadline saturday and my transfer will be dictated by it well and what one thing about the forwards just forwards in general is you have yeah. to kind of like decide which way you're going to go you know like are you going to go you know are, are you going to go tony watkins holland are you going to not go holland at all are you gonna go not go Tony? Are you gonna not go Watkins? Are you gonna get Semenyo now? If if Solanke's out, like um, you know, four point five. I I liked nice, him right? in, I liked him in these three fixtures anyway, so I might like him even more. Like that's he's definitely he's a consideration for me, like going uh Darwin to uh to Semenyo. So we'll get to that matchup though. We'll talk more about him later. Definitely. Um there's another one that is an interesting one. Like obviously with if if Chan is out as well, he Chan then maybe something like a Bowen move is going to be quite popular. I think as the deadline comes closer, you'll see the Bowen transfers in start to really pick off as a Huang going to sell him. But uh, is there anything here that you would say benefits Bowen from a matchup point of view? Is this something I could be looking at? Like say like Palmer versus Bowen this week. It feels like Bowen mm. should have more fun, but equally Everton are at home. You know, in this actual net XG for the podcast listeners, they've got a 1.83 and West Ham only have 1.09. So from a data point of view, it doesn't really seem to favor, you know, West Ham at all. It, so the, the there's one thing in, in, a, in our whole slide here that favors West Ham, and it's mm -hmm. the the XG from on that right zone for Bowen, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's that area. Be, <laughs> that's that that's area crazy. behind me. Yeah, well, that that's the area behind Mikolenko, right? And uh, and Dwight McNeil, like maybe doesn't provide as much defensive cover, so so that shows up. But everything else light, lights up for Everton, right? Look, look at speaking of McNeil, look at uh, chance creation from Everton's left, four point eight is massive. Yeah, Aiden already saved my free hit team as well, Peter. <laughs> we we were we were DMing during, we were commiserating, like crying on each other's shoulders, wiping our snot on each other's sleeves. <laughs> and then Aiden Nuri come <laughs> came and saved the day for us. Um, but yeah, if you look at Everton, the, that 4.8 chance creation on the left-hand side for Everton is massive. You, you, like that, That's really high. So if um, looking at like 
And then you pair that with kind of the expected threat conceded also on that left-hand side. Um, and then the left and central zones for, for Everton for, for finishing as well. So Everton are really going to focus kind of, a, I guess, attacking um, SoFal, attacking that right-hand side, West Ham's right-hand side. But I think West Ham's data is it's it's old now that Paqueta is back. Every, everybody's getting healthy. Um, yeah. they're, they, they had several moments, um, in their, who'd they play? Um, who was their last game? Is it Brentford? It was Brentford, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. And yeah, they, they had yeah. several moments in that Brentford game where, where they showed like passing structure and passing patterns, like, uh, a, a, a penetrating ball through the middle, mm-hmm. one touch pass backwards, and then another ball wide and stuff like that. These zigzag passes where they, they they showed that they're they're going to be inconsistent. West Ham will be inconsistent, and Bowen will probably return in ways and in games that you least expect. So Bowen is like a one one of those guys you you just if you have him you just play him and you know that if West Ham gets something if they if they click then Bowen will get something and if they don't click when that'll be about half the time then then he won't I think. And Paqueta's return will hopefully favour them more as well going forward. Obviously, Massive. I think prior to that, they hadn't won a game um, in 2024. So it was definitely a long time coming. Just a couple of uh, comments here. Um, so we have General Lord saying <laughs> Mikalenko as well. No, I, ju- I just saw Combs. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> said Munis, Yeah, Munis friggin' hauling now. I don't know how many weeks after I brought him in. <laughs> I thought I thought it was a, such a clever transfer. I was so I was so excited when uh, Jimenez went down and he did nothing for me. Well, for weeks. I guess that was right. <laughs> I guess so. Um, I'm trying to think in terms of um, kind of fodder. Like I have that like, Lamptey and Taylor right now on my bench, and I do feel that you know if I was going to be looking for kind of defensive assets to move them on to in the future after game week 29, I still feel across the season I've not owned Brantford and. He just seems to play every week. And Everton have been a decent defense. Like Pickford, since I sold him, is like the highest scoring goalkeeper in the game. It's like he only started returning the week he left my team on Marco. And since then, every week, I feel like uh, separate to my own FPL team, I'm waiting for Everton to concede. I'm sorry, guys, in the chat to our Evertonians. But it's because I just feel like every time Pickford gets a clean sheet, it's like it spikes me more that I had him and I believed in him. And then 10 weeks later, that that's when he did it. But yeah, so I think Branthwaite is someone I'm looking at going into actually, because I feel like he could see me through to the end of the season as well. He, he's a player. What I about, really like. what about Mikolenko himself? As I think in other formats. So like when, when you like, I think in places like Sky, he gets a lot of points for other actions that are more perhaps like mm. defensive things like tackles, even, um, passing tiers, for example, if he manages to hit 60 passes in a game. But it's like you don't get those things in FPL. So for me, it's just I don't really want to pay that extra. So yeah, General Zod for the podcast listeners also adds uh, that their run is littered with home games. So that is something to bear in mind. And perhaps that's where the good data is coming from for the net XG, kind of predicting a 2-1, I suppose, for Everton here. So it does really fancy them. And it feels like it's Bowen or bust for West Ham. I think, I think we'd probably agree to move on and go to the third matchup. So Fulham versus Brighton as if by magic. Um, hmm. This doesn't look great to me as a, a triple Brighton owner with a net XG of 1.08 for Brighton and 1.69 for Fulham. Damn. <laughs> yeah, that true. does not look great at all. 
Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what what Combs says in, in the chat. What, what I see here is kind of like a Brighton's left creating for its right. So Brighton has a, a green left zonal uh, chance creation of three point nine compared to three point two and three point one for center and right. Um, and then we looked at we look at the expected threat conceded, and it's going to be like highlighted on Brighton's right side. <clears throat> and then also the XG difference is a bright red on 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 Brighton's right attacking Fulham. Um, again, Fulham's left is is popping a, a little better than than the rest. I think that the return of of Iwobi though um, makes Fulham, especially at home, Fulham Fulham are difficult to beat at home. And if you look at the stats, I think like anyone anyone that goes to Fulham, their stats look a little look a little depressed typically. Um, so that's why that's why everything looks so low for Brighton here. I can pull up some of the raw data here, but. I, I don't know. I, I I think Brighton with the losses they've had, and I think Matoma's out for the the season. Is it? It's looking like it. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I I just I I would I wouldn't be investing. Uh, that these aren't these aren't teams that that I would be looking at. Despite I think Bright, Brighton still have maybe a couple of decent fixtures. I have I own Estupinian. I'm a I'm an enraged Estupinian owner, and he's he's first on the chopping block for me. He's, uh, definitely got to go. I just have to figure out which way I'm going to go with them. So the thing is, I don't want to obviously do it again because like, my blood pressure will probably go. But on the Juice show earlier this week, they put my team up on the screen and I'd benched uh, Lamptey and he obviously got a clean sheet and subbed off before they wiped. And then a Estupinian in my 11. And it just, I was livid. I, I went off on this rant. I'll send you the clip from the Juice show. Yeah, I don't want to repeat it here. I'm sorry, BW Splitter. They were there watching and... It was just an epic rant, but it was basically every week the one I picked to play, it just never worked out for me. I'm just so pissed at both of them. And it's like every time I make a quick decision based on certain inputs, like, oh, yeah, Superman's definitely going to play this week. And then every week they're both playing like a half each, generally. So I've got like one complete player between two players and <laughs> I was raging, but I'm far more collected two days later. I'm, I'm much calmer and I've accepted yeah. defeat. You're spending over nine million on one Brighton defender. <laughs> exactly. And, and normally when the clean sheet comes or like when Lamptey's assist game with the five points, that's when they're not actually in my team. They're on my bench. And the one time I made the right decision, I started Lamptey, he got two points. And Estupinian got zero, even though he came on. So I made a two-point gain once. And every other time I've got the decision wrong. But yeah, um, <laughs> it was a crazy rant, though. That's that's for sure. What do you feel about <laughs> Fulham assets? Obviously, they also play in 29. Is, is this something that we could go into? I know you were talking about Muniz and stuff. So is there anyone that you would want to target? Like if Williams back and fit, could he be an interesting shout? I know I think Andy Martin, one of our haulers, he, he's obviously been on the William train for a while. And he's talking about all the points William's going to get in 29. So what are your thoughts on the well, William pick? I think there, there's just too much competition for midfield spots. So William just doesn't make that cut. So Colm says that Tosin and Bassi are a huge upgrade on Diop and Reem, more pace from the former. Um, so so just based on that, if I were going Fulham, maybe maybe a defender. Maybe a defender is a sneaky play or, um, you know, Anthony Robinson, for example, who, who will still, you know, bomb into that left half space and, and get some attacking returns. Um, on occasion so um that that might be a a sneaky way to go if um i guess if that partnership continues to continues to thrive the way it has yeah and then just on pascal gross because obviously 
he seems to just be flying these days like you know get an assist at the death max bonus instant it's like and i know because of the other games i play like even in other draft formats and other games like he gets so many points like even if he doesn't get any return it's like i'm talking like 25 30 mm -hmm. points in some of these formats i play he'll get with like no returns so when he does get a return in fpl and all those things that he's getting points for in every other format get added up to the pps scoring he's just always there it's like it's like unbelievable like it's just I'm so glad I still have him, but I did bench quite a few of the halls. I'm not going to lie. Um, so now I've got him. Do you think he's someone that I just use him for these two fixtures? So like Fulham and then he's got Forest in the next game. And then I move him on because there's a blank that then Liverpool away. Is it that this is like a goodbye farewell thing for him? Or do you feel he's a sustainable pick like holding long term? That's a good question. I mean, I... Like the thing is, the thing with growths is a goal is worth seven and an assist is worth five, right? And then then he gets clean sheets on top of that. It's probably worth like two, not one. Freaking gross is like he, whatever he, point he, he squeezes every. <laughs> he just like blow he blows it up. It's like it's, he's he's like mother mother nature of points. Um, but but and here's the thing that that's it's probably going to be mostly gross. There's no whatever Matoma. Brighton do, yeah. Before I, I think I. I think it'll be more gross centric. So I don't, I, I don't know. I think it, I think it kind of is sustainable and I can understand why people would be selling for son, for example, and, you know, may, be making moves like that. So, but, but I do think that the, that this uh, gross event is sustainable. Nice. Uh, that's glad. I'm glad to hear that. So I just needed to know for sure that he's still viable for the foreseeable future. All right, we'll go to the next game, Newcastle versus Wolves. Um, I saw Dubravka was back from his illness. He started in the cup. He saved, I was watching the penalty shootout as well. He saved the last penalty to make sure Newcastle go through to the quarters in blank in 29. As a Dubravka owner, I'm glad to see him back. Hopefully, he will have a good run at the end of the season if all goes well. We'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, the net XG for this game is very tight. So Newcastle are 1.88 and Wolves are 1.77. I do think with the news that Huang will pretty much, it sounds like he's like definitively ruled out almost of this weekend already. With him out, I don't think the data would favor Wolves as much. I know there's Sarabia, there's Neto, there's still options to get the points for Wolves. But, you know, they've just played the cup game. Hopefully both teams are tired. You know, Newcastle being at home with the home crowd, Wolves traveling. I just feel like it's a 1-0 win to Newcastle here. But maybe I'm wrong. What do you think? One nil win to Newcastle. No, I I see goals. You're I definitely see goal goals. fest. Yeah, yeah. I I see several goals in this. I I think the uh the data kind of hints at that as well. Newcastle. I mean, no surprise that uh, in in the maps there, the XT favors the right, the chances created favors the center and right, and then the XG um map heavily favors the center. I don't think I've seen that deep shade of red in uh in in Draft Alchemy's uh, maps here. Um, I draft alchemy is a hauler, by the way, he, he's part of the discord. Um, so do say hi if, if, um, if you see him in there and thank him for, for these, like he just, he, he just <laughs> says, don't be so sanctimonious. Yeah. You got to keep gross, man. I think, I think you keep gross and you free hit. Just keep it, make your life easy, man. Don't stress. But, um, but, it, but in this game, I mean, is who's going to be playing down the middle for, for Newcastle is, is he back? 
he, he he's looking closer to being back. He, he's always <laughs> yellow flagged in every draft team I have him in. I, I never really know his status. I've given up trying to know. But yeah, I think Gordon could still persist through the middle, obviously, if he's not back. And I know that your friend Harvey Barnes is around these days as well. So I, I just think w- with Newcastle, I'm, I'm sure they're going to get something from this. I'm, I don't know if it's just like, mm-hmm. because I know I've had difficulties there. And obviously, I also feel like after what's happened with um, you know the Arsenal game, it's quite an embarrassing defeat for them the way they played. And ultimately, they went, they got their cup victory, you know, an emotional penalty shootout, and then now here we are back at home to the home crowd, and just they're going to use them as a twelfth man to push through. I think. I think. Yeah, I'm. I'm not convinced. I feel like I made a bad choice with Wolves. I was too carried away with the Sheffield United fixture. I regret <laughs> that move so massively and. Brighton pissed me off as well because obviously they couldn't beat Wolves in the cup so that at least like Wolves would, you know, play in 29 or something. But it's like Abai Hwanki gets injured in the cup game that keeps him in. And then therefore he's now not going to play in 29. And he would have been, knowing my luck, he'd be injured in 29 still by the time we got there, even if he had a game. It's just like this season, man. <laughs> Everything that can go wrong goes wrong. You just have to laugh, honestly. Um, you can't I mean, take it that's... too serious. But but I I don't know I I feel like we say that every season this season this season, every is season. it's, it's yeah. the same every season everyone just suffers, just suffers all the time that's what FPL yeah. is so that's why we like it <laughs> exactly that's a, exactly we commiserate together um, but so just back to this I mean I, I think Gordon Gordon down the middle is fantastic I think Harvey Barnes will have a coming out party at some point and it could be here against um, against Nelson Semedo uh, that I, I wouldn't put it past him. Um, and then, and then from Wolves' side, I, I just think that they're gonna they're they're gonna try to be like tactically sound, right? And and play in a little bit of a shell away, knowing that Newcastle will will come at them, and that their that their center mids are dangerous. So it'll be kind of like the battle of the of the wingers and wingbacks, I, I I think in this one, and and the middle zone will be kind of like just very, like the middle zone in the center of the field, not not up high in the middle. Uh, the middle zone, the set, the middle zone up high. I think well, that's where the goals will come from. But in the, in the middle, will it'll in the center of the field, it'll be um, just chaos. So so I think that'll just kind of blow this game apart. It'll it'll it'll, it'll open up. Yeah, no, it feels like that kind of game. Um, I don't have any assets apart from Dubravka. He's currently my goalkeeper as well, ahead of Ariola, who's away at Everton, obviously. So I do wonder if that will change. But you've not told yeah, me. I have I have Gordon. As Gordon, I'm happy to play him. I think he'll do For the attacking side, I would be more keen on. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Let's keep going. Um, We'll keep going with the matchups. Forest versus Liverpool. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I think a lot of us sold a lot of the Liverpool players already when they blanked. But um, for those who held on and have one that's fit, because I also don't know who's fit. No one even made the bench in the FA Cup. So for those that are there, you would think on paper this is a great tie. But... I'm hoping you can tell me how Forrest might stop the league leaders and slow them down a bit. Because right now, the data points out that Liverpool's going to continue doing what they've been doing, despite all the lack of personnel recently. It's got 1.75 net XG, and Forrest only have 1.11. Mm-hmm. And we see the map. CXT conceded is bright red on Forrest's side, bright blue. Um, so it's a safe area for Liverpool and the XG. <laughs> And the XG as well, although although it favors the right side for Liverpool a little bit more because of uh, Diogo Jota, who's who's obviously injured. He won't be playing here. But I, I guess I don't know the fitness of, of several players. I mean, um, will Salah be back? 
Do you think? He, I, I don't he know. He wasn't on the bench either. Yeah, like I think for so me, probably right, not. Is, is I really that? want him. Uh, Darwin, I haven't seen around either. He didn't make. I don't think he made that squad either. So <laughs> it's like, like, who, who's around? Like uh, Trent's out as well. I've got Bradley, and I'm starting him, for example, right? So I'm like, okay, like I'll give Bradley. Hopefully, he'll play. He didn't start either. Um, it, I think it was Simicas and Gomez in the cup yesterday. So yeah, I'm hoping that was just a rest for him, like with everyone else who's fit because so many injuries. But yeah, if I heard Salah was fit. He's the guy I want this week. So I'm going to be honest with you. If I had definitive info that Salah was going to start, I'd even consider captaining him, despite the data not looking so great. Because I think there's data without him at Liverpool through the kind of cup and through the injury. So, you know, with him back, I think that's going to be monumental for them, like we saw in that I mean, the game he played. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you put Salah in like a, a U16 team. And who do you think is going to get all the goals? <laughs> Not going to be the other guys, that's for sure. <laughs> it's not right. It's just going to be everyone's going to be pulsing to this one guy who they've been watching through the academy as they grow up for like the last five, six years. It's going to be like a like a talisman, but juiced up with play. Like everything goes to him. So yeah, um, if if Salah, if they say Salah starts, I, I I do think he's a he's a a really exciting captaincy shout um, in, in now, this obviously game. Obviously, he has City but, in game 28, and then he blanks. So this would be one I could only do if I commit to the free hit strategy. And that's what right. I really want. I want to know Salah's fit. Don't buy Sun and just go straight in, completely balls deep and get Salah, someone who no one else will buy. Because <laughs> if they're going chipless, they, they won't be buying him. That's for sure. So I just really need him to be fit. Matt, Maddie's right. I feel Maddie went a lot. Oh, he, Bradley did right start. he got he got moved up to the right wing when that's uh, why I didn't see him. Yeah, when I looked at the originally at the lineup, there he wasn't yeah. in the back four. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Cool. All right. So I think with this game, um, we'll talk more about these assets. But right now, the question is who's fit? And I think without a presser, it's hard to really know. Um, I think if you had Van Dyke, he obviously ended up being the winner of the Liverpool players in that double game week for anyone who went that way. And I think I'd still want him this week. And beyond that, I'd probably sell him personally to go and get like maybe a Bournemouth player who doubles in 28, or, you know, or getting a Luton defender if you're not going to free hit so that they get their double and then they don't blank. So I feel like you can kind of free some money up there as you prepare to the blank, depending on what your chip strategy is either way. Um, but let's go to the next game because we will talk more. So about I, I have that. I have Darwin. What, what, what do you recommend someone do does with Darwin? With Darwin. So I think because he's not made the bench yet, I, I would be pretty happy to move him on to like a Solanke, but then Solanke's flagged. So it's like with Solanke's Burnley fixture, had he not had that flag, it would feel like a no-brainer for me. Or even like say you could go for a Tony now if you definitely want him for the um, for the blank. And then maybe you I have Tony already. To yeah, so you already have him. So for you, it would only be really Solanke. I feel like I would be happy to go to maybe a Luton forward if you're not going to, obviously you don't have a free hit. So Maybe Carlton Morris for the double in 28, doesn't blank in 29. What There's some option. So Semenyo feels quite exciting, but then he again blanks. So it's like if you've only got three players now, you'll gain a double. I, I that, just, but then you lose a fixture. It's I have so to go tough. to Watkins, I think. I think I'm forced I think to, to, to go to, to Watkins. Watkins. He's, he's become uh, inevitable for you now, avoiding him yep. for so long. All right, we'll keep, we'll keep so it. He says start Darwin. Start Darwin. <laughs> I think if you've got a bench, that's fair, but like, Right now, I feel like I've got no Darwin, obviously. I sold him last week for Solanke, but he's now mm -hmm. gone. So, yeah, I think um, 
I, I'm so gutted about all those transfers. Solanke outscored Darwin in that period as well. And then when I brought him back, he just gets injured straight away. Uh, this is the game I'm most excited by. Um, Tottenham versus Crystal Palace. It's a 2.41 net XG for Spurs. And it's only 1.17 for Crystal Palace. There was talk of maybe Eze being back. I'm not sure how accurate that is. But I just don't see a world in which Palace are going to do much here. So, you know, London derby. Maybe there can be some controversy. But it seems like a comfortable win. Now, Porro, as you mentioned, who you have, uh, Pedro Porro, he, um, nice. he he's almost back. So he might not make it this week, but he sounds almost back. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's got the fixture in 29. Udogi sounded closer. Richarlison, it seems uncertain. We've got to wait for the press. I don't know what's going on. People say he's there or he's not there in training. So that's a bit of a strange one, but he seems okay. Maybe it's just guesswork. So ultimately, Son, if he's going to be playing striker as well in this game, I almost feel like this is quite exciting. So if I wasn't going to say free hit, this is like a direction I could go in from now, like just buy Son. I could do Huang straight to Son. So this is if I don't go for Salah. I feel like I'm kind of, that's become my free transfer this week. Son or Salah, one of the two. And if Salah's not fit, I feel like I'm then forced to get Son, even if I then still end up free hitting 29, which is quite annoying. But what can you do, right? There's only a few premium assets left in the game who are fit. Who do you have in this? Uh, do you have a Richarlison? Or I know you've been quite hot on Madison. So is he someone you'd be looking at for transferring in this week? Say you can't afford yeah. Son. I so I, I don't have any anyone in. Um, I mean, with with Porro out, I, I don't have anybody in this fixture. So, um, but I, I think this. So I, I think Sun has been this season. Sun has been less effective on the left, right? Without having somebody like Kane kind of really stretching the line for him, but um, but in this fixture in particular, I, I think you want Sun on. If Sun is playing on the left hand side, look how look how bright the expected threat conceded is um, on Crystal Palace's right, and it it lines up with the uh, XG difference as well. So mm. that threat being created and then the the spurs both the flanks kind of light light up equally in terms of chance creation but um but a lot of that action is going to be kind of centered because because joel ward i think is playing right center back now um i mean the closer joel ward is to his own box the worse it's going to be for palace so i'm just gonna i just want to check just make sure yeah yeah he played right center back um daniel muñoz played in front of him um on, on as a right wing back in their three four two one system so you know palace is a team that's that's adapting they're they're changing to um to the a new manager new style they are more aggressive and i think but but i don't i don't think they will be too aggressive in this one i think that kind of aggression towards the ball in the counter press will kind of come to fruition in time but i think i, I think tottenham are just that it's by far the highest net xg of, of the game week um i think you like target Tottenham attackers are are good targets this game week especially son yeah. if he's on that left if son is on that left I, he's it's really tempting to go like to go right away yeah let me i think for me that's basically gonna have to be what i do because salah it just not being in the squad yet i just feel like i can't go there and I don't want to necessarily completely commit to the free hit 29 strategy. So it feels like that's the most viable move for me. And based on this matchup and what you've said, like, I just, I feel like I have to go there. 
whether Richardson is fit or not, either way, I feel like I just want a piece of him and I can then figure out what to do. Because I feel like in 29, Sun will be like one of the core picks of that game week, whether you're on free mm-hmm. hit or not. So it kind of feels like all roads are leading to him now. And I just hope it's the one that was playing at number nine earlier this season and was seemingly performing a lot more in terms of goal output. I know historically, though, he's done fine on the wing. So it was seems like it was just a this season thing that it wasn't as good as his upfront stint. But therefore, it's quite a small sample size. And I think I would tend to look at his performance over time rather than kind of panicking and feeling that if he's on the left, it's not a good pick. I feel like I'm just going to buy him regardless. Mm-hmm. And the defenders, I think, knowing that they're not potentially back yet, I think I can't really be recommending buying them yet. But again, they seem like picks that are going to be very popular. It's almost like triple Villa or triple Spurs. That's going to be a core part of Game Week 29 teams, plus maybe some Luton players for people who don't free hit. There might be Brentford players. There might be Tony. Like, there isn't many other picks beyond that. There might be, like, someone I've not been seeing on any of these free hits is, like, Taiwo Awanoi and, like, he could be quite exciting as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, just one last thing before we go to Luton Villa. Um, I just want to pull up Stewie's comment. He says, Palace could be in the midst of a new manager bounce. So that, that would be quite interesting as well if something like that was to happen. But uh, speaking of um, Ollie Watkins, we have Luton versus Aston Villa as the next matchup. Aston Villa 1.74, net XG for Luton 1.6. How do you see this game going? Because it seems to be that Luton at home... They score a good few goals. In general, they've been quite exciting to watch this season. They, you know, out of all the teams that have been fighting the relegation battle, like I just feel like they're a fun team to watch. Is this like gonna be a game where there could be an upset? Like, do you think that's possible? Could could, could Villa come yeah. out here with a loss? I mean, yeah, I think that's possible. I, I don't know if it's if it's slightly, but it's it's um it's definitely possible. Luton at home are a tricky side to play against because they they rely so much on aggression, and that gr- aggression is fueled almost but like by that kind of tight stadium and all of that. So they make things very difficult. Um, and and Aston Villa away, while they've been better, I guess in in recent weeks than they were the first fifteen game weeks of the season or something like that um they're still not the same away as as they are at home so those two factors combined i think could could lead to some kind of upset here but you know and and everything seems kind of like it seems like there would be there will be goals but if it falls one way or another it's kind of hard to tell the expected threat conceded is you know it's it's light red on on luton's side so favoring aston villa um and and then it's bright red for the xg on the on luton's in luton's central and right zone so Looking at Ollie Watkins and maybe um, Moreno in this one, uh, could could Moreno could even come up with a goal? He's been parked around the box um, on on occasion. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. This that kind of the XG, that deep red XG, just kind of solidifies. Uh, well, just do the obvious move, Darwin to uh, to Watkins for a hit. Um, if if Darwin is a doubt, if Darwin's not a doubt, I'll play Darwin. But um, but yeah, Watkins with the fix, the upcoming fixtures, the and and for game week twenty nine, I think you have to have, like if if you're not free hitting in game week twenty nine, you go for like the the linchpins of the game week. So you go Watkins, mm-hmm. right? You go Son. You almost have to have um, them, yeah. Yeah, if you, like if you're gonna only you have seven or eight players, those are the ones you want, right? That that's if you're right, not gonna and, get the ninth, tenth, eleventh player that week that free hitters have. Let them have their regulions and doughties and a couple of cheap defenders or something like that. But 
you know, the key players, if you don't have them, I think that's going to be a horrible week. If you don't free hit and you don't have those players. That yeah, if you, even if you're if even if you're rolling with six or seven players for that game week, as long as you have about like those four key ones, um, which I, I guess who who would they be? It would I mean Watkins and Son for sure. I think Tony um, as well. I think he'd be on the free Tony, hit as well. Watkins, Son, Tony. Maybe so, like um, maybe, I guess there were mad like maybe a Spurs, Spurs defender. Spurs. Yeah, know. so maybe like Madison. I think it would be like Madison, Son, and one of the defenders or. Madison Sun and Richarlison, if all three are fit, like it could be quite a nuts aggressive. I don't know so much about team. triple spurs being linchpins. Um, as, as far as just like those those guys that you know could be close to hundred percent owned. I, I I don't think Madison will be there. I, I think those will be more periphery players, but um, but Watkins, back to this this slide here, Watkins will definitely be one of those. And I mean, if you don't own him, which is probably which is a minority at this point, like me. Um, I guess this is a good week to go in. What are your thoughts on, I guess, um, the, the kind of debate about Leon Bailey, if you were going to go for an Aston Villa mid now instead of someone like Douglas Louise? Is that something you've considered? Um, I feel like Bailey does seem more exciting, obviously less minutes and no penalties, but he just seems to be really good right now for Villa. And I hope Villa stay in form because a strong Villa will be good for a, the last kind of third of the season and they still face all of Arsenal, Liverpool and Man City. So I need a strong Villa going into the end of the season to make sure that they're taking points from people. I feel like uh, like Bailey, the Bailey-Douglas uh, Luis conversation is similar to the Neto Huang conversation, except for on, for a better team. It's, mm-hmm. it's tough to choose between them because... So we thought, um, and Craig mentioned it um, as well, that, that Luis should be like held back right um and, and be more like kind of like act as a lone six with after the loss of Bubakar Kamara but um and he was but he also he was also went forward so so I, I think we have yet to see how that's going to play out but one thing Luton is vulnerable to is Luton is vulnerable to players who who travel between the lines who move between the lines and that that's epitomizes Douglas Luis so um I bet I bet Douglas Luis has has a really good game in this one and if I you know, I'm maybe considering bringing one of those in. I honestly don't know which one to go for. And I would maybe lean Douglas Weiss because of this matchup and mm. because of pens and corner yeah. kicks, like set pieces and all of this. So, so many like ways the, to get points. Yeah, and he's just on the pitch for longer, right? But Bailey's form is just phenomenal. Bailey's form is so good. And and yeah, the the, the minutes, right? The 90 minutes for, for Douglas it's like Weiss. Million, um, yeah, it's just nonstop, like guaranteed to be there against tired yeah. legs, you know. Hopefully he can uh, work with new runners on the pitch to get counter-attacking goals as well. I know he doesn't get in the box so often, but we were all worried he'd be playing like as a number six, like fully deep with the Kamara injury. And it still feels like McGinn and him kind of are alternating who runs ahead. So he's still getting some chances to go ahead and be in the right place to take these chances running and crashing into the box. And I I think a lot of us, like for me, I was going to buy him before I bought Huang and I just panicked because I was like, oh, I don't want to buy these, you know, players. I, I, I want to wait until we know about the cup games. If there's any upsets, I wanted the upside of Huang. It was a massive mistake. Um, that's gone as badly as it could. But, uh, you know, I didn't get Villa because I thought, why should I buy them just because they play in 29? And I don't want to miss a haul right now in front of me in game week 26. So what ended up happening is I still missed the haul. And I don't have the player for 29. 
Whereas I thought I was buying the hall now and accepting a blank in the future. So it's gone as badly as it could. And I think I've doubted Villa as a pick, not Villa, sorry, uh, Douglas Louise as a pick most of the season with that same narrative that he's playing as a you know defensive midfielder in my mind. But I think I need to get rid of that bias and really open my eyes to him because if I'm not going to free hit, he's going to be a staple pick in my team. And for me as well, I think I agree. I still prefer him to Bailey because I'm more of a minutes man. I think I call, I'm a socks on. I wear my socks when I play FPL. I know some players are a bit more maverick. <laughs> what does that some, mean? People, some people take their socks off in it when they, uh, depends if you're a socks on kind of guy, you're kind of prim and proper, you know, like you do everything by the book. You, you know, you wear socks and do missionary. Whereas if you're like a, more of a socks off kind of guy, you might be mm. doing all kinds of wild stuff um, under the sheets. So yeah, it just depends, <laughs> you know, in FPL, do you play with your socks on or your socks off? I think like socks on is template FC and socks off is like full on like chaos. Okay. I, just, I, that, yeah. I, I will not climb into bed with my socks on. That is insane to me. You're not a socks on kind of guy. Okay. I'm not. No. And I, no. And if, if you're wearing like, if you have socks on, you better have some pants on because socks on with like with, anyway get back to the to, yeah, to so Burnley versus um, Bournemouth. well um i want to put uh claire claire mentioned something um lee seems to score in home games on the way games um all of his goals he hasn't scored in every home game but all of his goals this season have been in go- in home games um and they, they, i think there are some home games where he didn't score but he got maybe bonus points and assists and stuff like that so so yeah, he's he's kind of he is kind of money at home. So um, so if you're looking for a kind of rotation, or if you're never sh- if you're unsure if to start Douglas Luis, you you can rely on that home away thing uh, a little bit. But again, I I can't really explain why that would be the case. I I haven't seen anything reflected in the di- differently in the home tactics versus away tactics that would make um that would make that the case. I think just to clarify to you, Matty, I don't actually wear my socks in bed. But it's about whether you, uh, in life, if you uh, act with socks on or socks off. So have a think about that. Um, have a think about that. But socks on are just like, they do everything by the book template FC. And yeah, socks, socks off. Are like, they or maybe it's just cold. Live so you leave your socks way. on. or And then if it's warm, you take your socks off. I mean, it's that simple. It could be. It could be. Um, in this fixture, um, I'm benching Charlie Taylor. I, I can't, I can't play him. I just can't do it. I was already gutted. I played him last week over Lamptey. So um, he plays in 29. That's the only reason he's not been out on my team. But uh, <laughs> for me, I've got uh, Solanke, and it, I'm not sure if he's going to be back. Like they said, he had a knee problem, and you know, hopefully he's had like an MRI, I guess, and it's been ruled out as totally fine, and it's just a knock or an impact injury. But he did seem to be struggling against Man City at the end there, and he wasn't in the match day squad for the FA Cup. So it is a bit of a concern there. Yeah, it's a bit of a concern there about him. Um, I thought, oh, yeah, well, great. If Solanke doesn't play, I have Huang on the bench. Now I'm looking at both of them flagged, and I'm like, <laughs> hmm, maybe I should be getting Sun in. And like, yeah, but then if I get Sun, that means I have to bench Gross or, or Solanke. So again, like if Solanke's fit, do I really want to buy Sun this week? I don't I guess I do, and I have to just haul a bench another gross hole every week. So, gross holes, and every week I bench him. <laughs> but but on on Solanke, if he had an MRI, it's because they they feared something, right? They feared something was torn. I assume and the, and he then, had an MRI, as in I hope he did, because that would at least reach a conclusion quicker. 
he wouldn't be waiting as but, long but as we don't know civilian. but we don't know anything about it yet so does I guess anybody tomorrow... know what's happened with Solanke? what kind of tests he's had or he hasn't yeah, had let us know in the but... chat please if you know yeah they're saying but i mean a, a knee... um if he had to go if he so let's just say if he had to go for an mri scan it's because they feared something was torn right and then the, they okay. he does the mri and then the mri reveals that nothing is torn hmm but that doesn't mean that that like if he, if they feared something was torn and nothing is torn, there's gonna be a recovery time. So it's probably it's not a tear; it's some grade of sprain. And yes, every so grade he of could sprain be back in the future, but not now. No, I don't think he'll come back now. Every grade of sprain involves some kind of tearing, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. so he he needs he needs to rest it, and 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 if he doesn't rest it, then he risks tearing tearing the thing. So I, yeah. my sense, my sense is if he went for an MRI, so Lanky will be out for at least a couple of weeks, like two to four weeks at, 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 a, at a minimum. So maybe miss the double, maybe miss the double. And then that's why I'm saying, then you have a 4.5 million starting forward with three games in, in the in best the fixtures two. you can imag imagine in the next Burnley two games. In a double game. So if we had so, news before Saturday that let's say Solanke was out for a month, in my shoes, would you just buy Semenyo if you're going to free hit anyway in 29? Just I, get that doubler. That's I, I, like, in, maybe. I'm even considering maybe buying Semenyo over Watkins. Damn. Okay, if, so like, you really like, you like that look of that Semenyo. Minus okay. eight, Darwin to Semenyo and like, um, like Doku to Sun. Hmm. That's that's what I would probably be looking at something like that. I think I think if if Solanke is confirmed out, and I mean, I don't know, I don't know how to know because I'll probably be sleeping. But um, I, I think Semenya is is really interesting, um, and I wonder if if I can take on. Well, yeah, I don't know. It, it just depends on your chip strategy after that, I guess. Yeah, I think for me, if I was gonna free here, and there was news that Solanke was definitely out for a while. I'd be pretty sure that I'd go there to Semenyo. You really sold me on that. It wasn't a pick I'd even considered before today. So I am going to be thinking about that more open-minded, waiting for uh, info from the manager. And if if you look at the like look at the expected threat conceded map, it's it's on that right hand side where Semenyo. Well, when Solanke plays, obviously Semenyo's on the right hand side. Semenyo may play more centrally, um, but but the fact that he can play that he can play both maybe maybe favors him a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah keep... I don't know. I think it's really interesting. 4.5 million. Yeah, that, that is a bargain. Let's keep going because, um, I think we want to get to the QA and try and get up here in an hour and a half today if we can. So we'll keep it short and sweet. But this is the big game of the weekend, really, mm -hmm. right? The Manchester Derby. So we've got Man City 1.83 net XG, Man United 1.08. This is definitely a sea of blue on the uh zonal, the draft alchemy's graphics. Um, for the Man City is just Wow, it's like the whole of their half is a safe area for Man City so, from an expected frequency point of view. The, the, it's interesting with Man City. This is usually the way it is when they play anybody because they have so much possession in the attacking half that they they generate a lot of expected threat, and the other team barely possesses at all. There's not much build up into Manchester City's half. So it's always going to be blue. But that doesn't mean that there isn't attacking opportunity. What you'll typically see against Manchester City in terms of these maps is it'll be a dark blue for expected threat, but there will be like a lighter zone in, X in XG difference. And that's that's the counterattack zone. 
So recently it's been down Manchester, like against Chelsea, against Brentford. Um, there's one more in there that, that I'm that I'm forgetting right now. But it was it was through Manchester City's uh, City's um, central zone, uh, the the XG. This one against Manchester United, it lines up for the left. Um, so so the left in terms of XG, but again, that's a, that's a light shade of blue, so it's still relatively safe. It's just like maybe a glimmer of hope for Manchester United when you look at the XG map for men um, for Manchester City, like attacking United. The the left. The left and the central zones light light up red there. So so we're looking at. I, I don't know who's going to play on Manchester City's left. I have a feeling it'll probably be. I mean, it's going to be. I think Juan Bissaka playing there, so it'll probably be Grealish, kind of Grealish dribbling inside. But but I have I have no idea. I don't know how to predict Manchester City's lineups. I have to check um, at Alex. And so, so Grealish for, had a bit that. of yes. So Grealish had had an injury. So I think yeah, as you say, like still and he played. Of- and he played in the cup, and right? he got subbed. Yeah, so he got su- so he got subbed off with the injury, and a uh, Doku came in. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so that's, it'll likely be yeah, Doku? So that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because now that that injury is, it's like the same groin injury. I think it's recurred, so it is probably oh, not wow. going to be any time. So soon, I have yeah. Doku. <laughs> oh, so that could work out like a really maverick pick for you. So for me, I was thinking originally okay. De Bruyne to Sun for this week, but after watching um, City in the cup. And his four assists for Haaland's four goals, it was just mental. So um, I just feel like I can't not have him after having had so many games he didn't play for me since I bought him. To pass out on this fixture, I'm like, you know what? Let me keep him for home United. He can move on next week, potentially, if I need to sell him in game week 28 when he plays Liverpool, right? So I think I'm going to hold KDB. For you, Doku, I would keep as well. So Wan-Bissaka's out. Oh, wow. So maybe Lindelof on the left and Dallo on the right. Like, what's what's happening? Does anybody know Oscar? Oh, Oscar Bob, I hate. So he Aaron. could sneak in and take your document. Bringing in the the doubt. Oh, no, not Oscar Bob in the Manchester derby. No, can't do that. Well, the data definitely prefers Man City. Right, got the one point eight three net xG as we said to one point zero eight. Yeah. And, but when you look at the zonals, that left for Man City. Speaking of whether Doku's going to play there or not. From a chance creation point of view, saying 5.7, which is maybe the best zonal of the week. And I guess we'll see when we get to the summary shortly, but it, it must be one of the top zonals for sure. And Doku does create chances. They might not be very good ones, but um, but you can see him creating chances for, for Holland in this one for sure. And Holland at home in a Manchester derby, he's, I don't know, he's... I, I I think he's a he's a solid captain C shout. I I'm I'm torn captain C to be honest, but um but I think he, he's obviously in consideration. Yeah, so he's so, my busting captain, but it he is to all yeah. your Jared's comment here for United. Yeah, Jared says Lindelof. So Lindelof on the left and Delo on the on the right. So if if it is Delo on the right, I mean Doku again. Doku can smoke Delo. Uh, so hmm. Stewie says Amrabat played left back in the FA Cup, so like all kinds of things could be happening. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't, I don't think he plays Amrabat at left back in in the derby, though. Yeah, so BW Spitzer makes up a good point, which is a lot of people have felt hesitant to captain Haaland when they think Doku is going to start. They they feel that he takes away a lot of um, the kind of the chances that fall to Haaland, and he kind of soaks up the ball and dribbles and dribbles and dribbles and just it's like he's just there like running around on the wing with it and 
it does feel like when De Bruyne came into the team in the cup, suddenly Haaland gets all these chances. And then like in all the mm-hmm. games where De Bruyne didn't play with Haaland, he was far more limited. And like even when he got that brace for us, I think it was against Brentford, he hadn't had a shot before the 70th minute. And City only had two shots on target and they won 2-0 and they were both Haaland goals. So it feels like when KDP was out, maybe it's more I think about that. And I, personally, mm-hmm. I'm not sure I would attribute it all to Doku is the reason Haaland wasn't getting chance creation in those times. I'd like to think that with De Bruyne back in, and I, I just I can't see a universe where he wouldn't start the Manchester derby. So. No, De Bruyne starts for sure. Yeah, yeah, so surely, even though he played the full 90 in the cup and like that makes me have some doubts, I'm like, no, like sh- surely he's being kept for this game as well, right? Like surely they planned this. But yeah, so I'm, I'm so honestly, I, I feel like with KDB back, it's hard for me to not captain Haaland. Um, and I have triple Spurs, I think, in this game. I, I So I think the Doku oh, impact Spurs, on Haaland... City, city. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the, do- the 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 Doku impact on on Holland is is more like a correlation rather than causation. I think one thing with Doku that that Manchester City have been doing is he's an easy outlet. He stays so wide and he's always a threat. So they can just they just ping the ball to him. But what they haven't been doing recently is supporting, having that like the player come and support him deep. So the, so there's that threat whether he goes inside or outside. So the player, the, the defender is just kind of playing the run, the dribble. And then Doku eventually just has to kind of like either pass straight back to the defender. Or if he does make the run, then by the time he's crossing the ball, it's usually like a, a low cross into traffic where Holland wants to be running into space. So stylistically, they they are a little bit in contrast. But I think just just providing like with, with De Bruyne there, like, like you said, and De Bruyne being a, like a quick outlet for Doku at the top of the box, having that duality there on the left hand side really could help Doku. And I and I think that Doku he's he's a young player who's the chances he creates. He's he's still I think learning how to create chances. He's not a chance creator historically. He's he's more you know driving to goal historically. So um, so he's. He's doing a little bit of different things, but yeah, Holland for for Holland to really shine, you, you want you want De Bruyne in in all like the attacking threat zones. Yeah, no, that, that that sounds spot on. So I've got Foden, De Bruyne, and Holland, and even though I've got Saka and Sheffield United away, which I'm sure we'll come to is the last matchup after this for the Monday night, seems quite exciting too. I I just can't look past. Holland with a fit KDP in a title challenge and they're here at home at the Etihad. It's like so, the way United have been. Like I just it just seems like it's very one-sided fixture. I'd love to think United can take points from them. I really hope mm. so. And there's questions of is Maguire back this weekend from FPL Discomfort. Um I think I saw a tweet that he 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 could be like the only player who's gonna be back out of the long list of injuries, which Claire kindly mentions. So Juan Bissaka, Shaw, Martinez. Mount Marshall, Hoyland, Malasia. Like Maguire's in that list, but um he might be the only injured player who could come back, I guess. And I hope Slabed gets a goal and wins the game. But you know, I, I will take the captaincy blank just to see that. I will take it all day. Well, I mean, one thing Stewie brings up about KDB is yeah, I mean, you can attack Manchester, Manchester United in that central area where where the, the defensive midfielders operate, right? And and De Bruyne could could feast on that area um as well and i i actually wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind him as a captaincy shout as well on this one yeah that'd be quite a fun pick i feel like mm-hmm. 
is someone who I've not really uh, captained much this season and he, we've barely seen him yet and he shows up ready to go in the tail end of the season for the Champions League and for the Premier League run-ins. Um, he, he's a master, man. And there's talks of Saudi wanting him, but I just don't see that happening. So final matchup of the week, Sheffield United versus Arsenal. Arsenal 2.27 net XG, Sheffield United 0.84. Sounds like um, I think Partey could be in the squad on the bench and um, maybe Zinchenko. Tomiyasu is close, I guess, but maybe doesn't make this Monday. There's going to be a few more options for Arteta to make things unpredictable, I think, as these players come back and Timber's training as well and slowly being reintegrated into the squad after obviously an ACL. So, you know, I doubt we'll see him this month much. I think after we play Brentford, because now the Chelsea game and Game of 29 is a blank, we don't have a fixture of between, like, I think it's like March 12th and then again when you go all the way to March 31st. So it's just like something nuts, like 20 days or 19 days, we don't have a fixture and there's an international break. So that does concern me a little bit. But with that in mind, you don't need to rush, say, Timber or Tommy Asu or Jesus back because it's kind of like we've been playing just fine recently. We're in top goal scoring form in February, 25 goals since the winter break. So I think it's like three goals conceded, 25 goals scored. So it's nice to have these guys back for the run-in. And I guess what I'm trying to get at is that once we get to 29 and beyond, there's going to be a lot more unpredictability, I think, in T11 with all the options that will be available to Arteta. But I wouldn't fear mm-hmm. when you see people saying they're coming into the squad and they're going to be back this week because I think there's still a bit of time for everyone to come back. There's not many matches in March. There's no rush. You keep them fit for April. You just give them like a friendly kick about behind closed doors in March or something, like play with the under 23s a bit. There's no rush. It's an ACL, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know the recurrence of that injury is uh, it can be so much bigger um, in general if you uh, rush back from the original injury. It just continues happening again and again. So, yeah, we don't want to increase that risk of re-injury. So, yeah, I've got Saka. I've got Gabriel. I can't get a third player unless I free hit. I was considering Martin Erdegaard last week. Kai Havertz is a punt I thought about at the moment, but... That was mainly due to the unpredictability of whether he plays striker or left center mid and like he's going to get into the team i thought most games so he seems to be scoring a lot more goals at the moment he seems confident again it seems like it's a good time to have him this kind of game i feel like he could be a dark horse obviously he hauled recently but Mm -hmm. again it feels very much like a punt i feel like odegaard's the solid pick if you can afford the difference but something about kai Havertz screams out to me and Maybe I'll be proven wrong when he goes on to score only one more goal for the rest of the season. I don't think so. Look, look how the the left for XT and XG lights up more than the other sides in this. So I see kind of like the the right and the central areas creating for the left. And Kai Havertz, mm-hmm. it's and and Trosser, the, like we've said, that it's not that they line up either or. Um, they are playing both those positions. They are the left sided eight, and they are the nine. And and, it, and throughout the game, it'll just be dynamic movement, and and that's that's brought a lot of success. And it's really lit up um, from a statistic stats point of view. It's lit up Arsenal's left side, which for the first you know whatever 15, 20 games of the season was was completely dormant, right? So um, I, I think I think I think Havertz shines in this one, just operating again between the lines and and taking advantage of that left hand side. Um, Sheffield United, their right has been particularly vulnerable all season. So so I, I also like uh, I also like Martinelli in this one. It, 
and anyone. I, I think Havertz yeah. is a such a sneaky play. I think I just I think, feel like I it's like a sneaky. Let's, let's say I know I'm definitely going to free hit in 29, and I'm like, you know what? I'll just get him while we're waiting for Partey to come back into the team and all this. Like mm-hmm. Trossard seems to have a bit of a knock. Like he's going to get at least this game and maybe the next one. Just get him while Arsenal are hot and while he's hot before they have a 20 day break and then face Man City. It's like if that break is coming. So it's like these next two weeks, do I just attack them and then free hit mm-hmm. and then figure it out later? If you have access to like a weekly game or something like that, if mm. if there was a weekly game, Havertz would be in, in my side. This Yeah, so this I would week. want Havertz, Saka, Gabriel. That would be my free for the week if I was picking yeah, but, just for this week, yeah. And and if you're looking as, as far as like planning and you're not sure like, you know, which direction you, you can go, like, like in your case, Nima, I mean, an Arsenal defender is, is just obvious. Yeah, yeah the, the second even, even defender, like, when I've got Lamperty Taylor and a stupid yeah, thinking out my team, you know, like they need to be two of my three right now. Imagine that. Well, Gabriel yeah. plus two of those four idiots. <laughs> so, yeah, so for so, me, so grab and, and well, it's a double benefit, right? You get rid of one of this of a useless ass, your, your nine million Brighton defender, and, and you bring in an Arsenal defender against Sheffield United. It's a no brainer, right? Definitely spot on, whatever hit. Let's go to the summary, and then I'm sure we'll talk about Arsenal players there when we talk about people's QA as well. But just before that, I'm going to put the summary up on the screen. This is at one hour 13 if you're listening on podcast. It will give you the top net XG for the week. So just quickly reading out the top three for the week. Um, we have 2.41 net XG for Spurs home to Palace. We have Arsenal away at Sheffield United with 2.27. And there's a bit of a drop-off, actually. There's three teams tied after that in third with 1.83. So that's Man City, Everton, and Chelsea. All three of those teams have 1.83 net XG. Those are the top teams of the week. So I'm just seeing what else I've got here before I accidentally click through to any random content. Um, so we're going to focus more on the Q&A for the rest of the show. There's some questions in the Discord I'll pull up in a second. I've starred 15 questions in the live chat from today's show as well. Do, do start getting your questions in as we get to them uh, in a moment. Um, before that, I just wanted to give some news to everyone and share some more information as well. So um, obviously you guys probably have noticed, and I know Chris has been uh, talking about it on Twitter, that He's not really been around for a while, FPL Mariner. He was still sending us all the captaincy metric and working hard on the data. But we don't want him to be stressing about that kind of stuff at the moment. So if you've not seen, our thoughts are with him and his son, Kieran. Um, he was diagnosed with lymphoma recently and he's going through treatment for the cancer. And, you know, we really hope he continues to stay strong. And all our thoughts and love and all the haulers energy are with uh, Chris and his son, um, Kieran. So I just wanted to say that we're not going to have, if a foreseeable future, the captaincy metric or some of the FDR data. We don't want Chris to have to be stressing about that in life when there's so much more going on than FPL. Um, we will continue to obviously use the net XG. And what I might do, and let me know what you guys think in the feedback, is maybe pull up like the top five or top 10 predicted points from multiple websites or members areas and put them like just on one slide when we talk about captaincy for each week for the rest of the season. So we can look at like what are the top five projected scorers in any given week across maybe three, four, five different platforms. And that, that could be quite a nice thing to do, I think. But yeah, if you didn't know, there's also um, Chris has sent a link out on his Twitter at FPL Mariner, where it's a link to donate to the Cancer Society as well. So if you want to you know, support the cause and help people who are suffering like Chris and Chris's family, then I think that would be much appreciated. Um, I will put a link in the description of the video and the podcast. But yeah, just our thoughts are with you, Chris, and with... Um, Kieran and we we hope 
you can be strong and get through this and you know can continue continue being there and knowing we've all got your backs and we all love you so no captaincy metric on that sad note um but what we will do instead is we'll do a quick mini league update for the hold or nothing mini league for the youtube members and the patreons we'll shout out all the members and then we'll just do q a so we'll use the rest of the show to answer your specific questions and let me know what you think about the captaincy substitute idea because maybe that's something i can bring into the show from the next one onwards um the Hall or Nothing Mini League, uh, last week, the top three for the week was actually our very own FPL Robert Ducky, uh, Peter Ovington. He got 75 points last week. We have the Zod squad, Ken Davies, with um, 74 points. We have Antonis with the Destroyers on 71 points on Wildcard 2. So I was a top three scorers last week. Overall in the top of the league now, so I've dropped down. I see <laughs> FPL plan has overtaken me. So from the bottom up, in 10th, we have... Uh, Mike Evans in ninth we have Dominic Benjamin in eighth we have Neil Shaw in seventh we have Ken Davies in sixth we have Elrond Cupboard in fifth we have myself in fourth we have FPL Planner in third we have Jonathan Cohen in second we have Connor Hunt and in first we have Gary Horwood so leading with 1688 total points second is on 1647 and third is on 1612 so big gaps between the top three and everyone else keep smashing it guys keep fighting till the end of the season and hopefully um I can overtake one or two more of you before the season's over. That's that's something I would love to do. Moving on to thanking all the haulers. So um, obviously, thank you everyone who's a member of the channel. Um, this is the first time in the episode one hour seventeen in that I'm going to say if you've enjoyed the episode, if you found it entertaining or learned anything, or just had fun, please do hit that like button, subscribe if you're new around here, so you can see the new episodes going forwards. But um, Otherwise, just a quick thank you to all the haulers. So our super haulers, we have FPL Robbie, we have Greenback Golf, we have Harbour Boy, David Harrison, FPL Discomfort, and True Fandela. And then our haulers, we have Dread FPL, FPL Craig, Podner, Blonde, Escottism, Tom Gorsuch, Davinja Raj, Lindsay O, Sea Hunt, Akshay, FPL DG Boy, Claire, Catherine A, Harry Not Kane, mm-hmm. Benjamin Lockwood, Nick Khan, FPL Rubber Ducky, Big Mike, General Zod, FPL Planner, Brett M, Mark Bond, Kevin Rose, FPL Eric, FPL Teacher, Donny FPL, Grady, Sebastian Koo, Neil, Parag, BW, Splitter, Jasper and Singh and Tusks. And then our Patreons, Elron, Lucian Gann, FBL California, Daddy Bot, Mike Burke, Dr. Green Farm, Gunk, and Michael Rodriguez. So thank you all for all of your support for the channel. We really appreciate you. We're going to go into Q&A now for the rest of the episodes. So I'm just going to timestamp this so that anyone um, who had questions earlier in the show knows where to come to and find it. So this is 1 hour 18. And... Let's pull the first question up. Hopefully I can remember the context because the question was from a while ago. Um, so we have General Zod. They have two Spurs, three Villa, so that's already five players for game week 29, and dead ending into 29. Wildcard 31, free hit 34. So yeah, so I think, thanks for sharing. We were asking at the beginning of the episode what your plans were. That was kind of my original plan, but I- I'm not sure if I can do that anymore with only three players at the moment playing in that week. So I have to think about it. But I think you're in a good position there, bro. So I think I would stick with your plan. It looks very good. Uh, Devonshire Hill lad asks, where are they going to stick Chelsea versus Spurs gaming 34? So I think the Chelsea double could be in 35 or 36. It might not sit in the two main ones. FPL Matty. Hi, lads. Uh, ladies. Hi, Lloyds. Hope you're both well. Would you do best? Uh, would you do Jota? Yeah, Jota the Slaughter. That's the one. To Richarlison and Maguire to Udogi if you're not free hitting in 29. 
So how do you feel about getting in like two Spurs players knowing you're not going to free hit in 29? They have this great fixture this week. Udogi and Richarlison, obviously, if Richarlison's fit, that is. And you get rid of Maguire, you get rid of Jota. Seems like a no-brainer yeah. to me. What do you think? You yeah. I mean, if you can get to Son, obviously get to Son. If you can't get yeah. to Son, maybe maybe Madison. I was going to say, especially with the Richarlison doubt, and I think going forward, I do like um, the Madison shout that you've said longer term. I think I prefer that. Mm-hmm. Good shout. So we'll keep going through some of these Q&A. Do get your questions in, guys. So these ones are from Clint. So Clint asks, wildcarding this week, I'm okay to play seven players and keep the good players still. So midfield is Saka, Foden, Son one of Bailey or Louise and don't know what to do with that fifth midfield spot. So I think if you were happy to um, have someone who doesn't play in 29 and hold long-term, I would be squeezing in Palmer as that fifth pick. Um, one of Palmer or Gordon, I'd be trying to squeeze them in and just, if you don't care about having 11 players in 29, you're freeing this week. I would probably be looking to get a Chelsea or Newcastle player that you can play for their fixtures either side of 29, if you don't mind not having 11 players. Is there any other fifth midfielders you could shout out? Um, no, I think I, I think I agree with you there. Um, you know, if if you are attacking doubles and maybe Barkley, but I wouldn't I wouldn't go there. The the one thing I would consider is um, is is Foden a good pick on a wild card right now? Because mm, I would be potentially apart from the Man United game this week. I'd be looking to maybe not have him in either of 28 or 30 if possible. And then he blanks in 29, right? right? I mean, Liverpool away in 28, blank in 29, Arsenal in 30. You know, if you're, if you're on wild card, maybe, maybe you go and and you are looking for some, you know, a different kind of player there. I still like the Gordon uh, Palmer combination. Um, Mm -hmm. And and you you can rotate them. Um, so like that that that's probably the the direction I would go. Or 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 find a way to to yeah maybe maybe have some money in the bank. Maybe look at Salah if Salah if it looks like Salah is going to be uh, fit and get in on Salah early. Maybe. Yeah. So Salah is the one I really want, and I think if I had a wild card and you knew he was fit, I would just do it because. Yeah. He's more exciting to keep on your bench than a Palmer or Gordon in 29. And he's, I think he's a genuine captaincy option this week if you knew he starts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think we'll keep going with the questions. Um, if PR Matty wins a lot, asked, would you bring Tottenham assets in this game week and who? So I think for me, it's just Sun. And if it's not him, then I'm not buying one of them this week. Um, I, I, if I don't free hit in 29, I'll probably want to buy one of the defenders and Madison. But I feel like Sun's mm-hmm. my number one pick uh, that I would want this week, personally. I don't know if you feel differently. No, I, I agree. I agree. Cool. I'm just having a quick look at this one as well. Uh, Clint says, torn between keeping double Arsenal or saving money so I can upgrade Solanke to Tony in 29. So I guess if you didn't have the second Arsenal defender, could you have like a defender that doubles in 28 instead of that second Arsenal defender maybe? And then that saving between like a Saliba and a cheaper mid who might be sorry, a cheaper defender who might be 1 million less maybe that 1 million is what you need for Solanke to Tony I don't know so I think I'd be happy to avoid that double Arsenal defence if it gets you that upgrade not this game week 
Not this game week. It could hurt this you game keep, week. Yeah, <laughs> I've been you, there on the wild you, you card. Keep the, though, right? You keep double Arsenal this game on, week. The, on the wild card, though, right? well, and then move them on when that player you're selling to double. Oh, I see. Yeah, so I guess if you don't need Tony anyway till the future week, right. till after Solanke plays, then in 28, free up the money for Tony. Then, yeah, yeah, I think I, you make a good point. Yeah, let's stick to keep the double Arsenal defense if you have to sell to make the money for the two weeks time. But I think for mm-hmm. this fixture. And for the next fixture, it seems quite good. So we have, what else do we have here? We have clone masking. Is it worth buying any defenders for game week 29? There doesn't seem to be any upside. I can see every team conceding in that game week, and they will be probably all bought in for a minus four or minus eight. Hmm, What are you thinking about that? I'll put the fixtures up on the screen as well to help us for now. So... The fixtures that we just as a reminder for the defenders you could be buying, I suppose, are Villa defenders against uh, West Ham, Brentford defenders against Burnley, obviously Burnley defenders against Brentford, Fulham defenders against Tottenham, Tottenham defenders against Fulham, and then Luton defenders against Forest, Forest defenders against Luton. It doesn't look great. I think, I think <laughs> that's a tough I think you just get... So Burnley are among the worst teams for XG conceded from set pieces. Okay. So so I think a Brent. Brentford defender or maybe even two is uh, is nice. exciting. Okay. I think Reguilon with the set pieces and and, and his uh, and his attacking threat, and then maybe one of the one of the guys that gets headers like Ben Mee or something like that. Um, I think either one of those would be would be good picks. If I were if I were free hitting in twenty nine, I'd I'd have those those two like two of those and and Tony. And Tony, yeah, like two defensive assets yeah. and Tony. So it could be like the goalkeeper, like Flecken and um, a defender. It could be two defenders. I think another interesting shout that week, but may- maybe not so much because I think they're too conceded for fun, is you could try to differentiate with Tottenham by going double defense on a free hit with one attacker instead of two attackers and a defender. So, but I don't know if I trust them to keep any kind of clean sheet, which is... A bit also nervous. a lot of money. It's like yeah. it'd be ten point five million versus like two double Brantford defense. I think would would cost you about nine. Yeah, or that's 9. true. 5. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, they cost a lot more than buying like a, like a Regulon for four and a half million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's Regulon true, is still four point four, and then you can get what Pinnock is also four point five. Or yeah, they're all really like cheap, right? So yeah, what else do we have here? We have. Just having a look at Tricky MF has a question about thinking of taking out Foden and maybe even Haaland in game week 28 ahead of a potential wild card in 30-31 and we'll be saving to potentially do free hit 38. So, yeah, I think if you can wild card your City players back in after the blank, I don't have major issues about selling them in 28. I'd want them for Monday night this week, but I have no problem turning them next week if you can easily get them back with the wild card. Free hit 38. Um, I know a lot of people have done that. I think uh, the FPL Discomfort did it. It's great. On the last day, 10 games at once. It can be a bit of fun. But in terms of the last question, what do you think about, is there any teams on the beach yet? Is there any team you've seen that looks like they can be arriving at the beach soon? I worry that Bournemouth is actually one of those teams. (laughs) That they could pretty much be looking very safe soon and not having to worry too much about much, much else. I'm just looking at the table now. I don't. I don't think the beach is like a concept in Spain. Mm. I don't know if Iraola knows about the beach. <laughs> they just they, they they have the the briefcases in Spain. At at the the end of the season, there's like 
delivery of like cash and briefcases. What about what about like... Fulham then? What about Fulham then? They're they're a bit. Fulham. They got four points more than Bournemouth. Bournemouth are on twenty eight, eight points above the drop. Fulham are on 32, 12 points above the drop. You'd think another win or another couple of wins for Fulham, and they're probably done. Like they're they're there, right? So. Yeah, but Fulham aren't relevant with all the respect. By game week 29, I mean. Like, if by the time they play Tottenham, they've already secured some of those wins. I wonder if that Tottenham game would get quite nasty for them if they're, like, Maybe. about to go on international break or they're just, like, turning off mentally because they're, like, we're on the beach. That would be pretty but bad. But, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think anyone's on the beach. I don't think anyone's on the beach just yet. It's um, too and, early. And there aren't really many candidates because you have, like, everyone from right from like man united down to even down all the way down to 11th chelsea chelsea's playing for pride they're going to not going to stop um playing because their the ego has been hurt um and you know newcastle wolves west ham they're, they're all kind of fighting for something there and then on the bottom end they are as well um below bournemouth everton brentford forest you know brentford good Forest could be hit with a points deduction. Everton could be hit with another points deduction. Oh, it's all looking crazy down there. Yeah, Luton are fighting for their lives. Like, I think it's going to be an interesting, exciting end to the season. I do hope there's very few teams in that kind of middle stage where they're not threatened by relegation. They can't get a European spot, and then they kind of just coast. I, I, I don't think we're going to see anything like that till maybe game week 35 onwards. I think it'll be much later in the season. When we yeah, see yeah, yeah. like the concept of a beach uh, starting to look real, so Co masks. Um, I'm looking at either De Bruyne or Saka captaincy this game week. What What are you thinking about that one? Saka safer. I would go Saka. Yeah. Saka Saka safer and and De Bruyne is is a is a fun shout. I'm... It is a very fun shout. I'm actually just having a quick look at the uh, predicted points for the game week. Um, in uh, fantasy football hub i'm just having a very quick look points prediction right so just for game week 27 okay so the predicted points are harland 8.7 sun 6.9 tony 6.3 saka 6 salah 5.7 um the predicted minutes for De Bruyne must be quite low because he is like below everyone I think maybe let me have a look at if I just search for his name, what's his predicted points? He is predicted 3.6 points. They're not they're, they're not liking his minutes for this game week. Um yeah, he, he, he's someone who I wouldn't be too worried about the model if you think he's fit. But if you're the type right. of person who's thinking he just played 90 minutes midweek and Saka's been rested for eight days, then yeah, I'd go Saka on the Monday night, rested for yeah. eight days. Yeah, I think. Something about the Bruyne just scares me. And it's not because of his predicted points. It's because purely I just, I've had him and I've been burnt for weeks. I'm happy to own him and start him this week, but I've, I'm going to put off selling him till next week now. Yeah. So yeah, I would go Saka in that. Mm. Uh, Stewie's question, irrespective of chip strategy, are Bowen and Tony among the best seven attackers in the game? It's tough. Like, I can't be saying Bowen is one of the best attackers in the game after like blanking for seven weeks or something straight just because of one like big game i just can't like i think because he plays in 29 he's great right now but i i wasn't liking the look of west ham before maybe with paquetta back i'm wrong and they really kind of push on but do, do you feel that that is enough of a difference now for them like with paquetta and will that mean that bowen's a bit better now because that run coincided with him not being there right 
Yeah, he he might he might be better. I don't think he's one of the best seven attackers in the game though. Um because precisely because of the inconsistency you're going to get there. So I, I I prefer Tony. I think Tony will be more consistent. Yeah. Yeah, I think out of those two I'd put Tony in that if I were going to pick a seven I'd pick him. I think Tony is among the best seven. Definitely. Um there's a good point from BW Splitter. It sounds like me might be out for oh, the rest me of the season. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. Matty makes a good point. Um, I don't think money will matter in game 29. All the biggest assets are out. So I think, yeah, like I guess if you're on a free hit, you could still go double Spurs. Depends on what we're talking earlier because on a free hit specifically, I guess you literally won't have like a premium. Like your most yeah. expensive player will be Sun. And then like everyone else is like under 8 million. If not, <laughs> there's going to be no one expensive in your free hit team. Damn, so. Like 43 million in the bank. Yeah, exactly. Some wild draft. Um, <laughs> Comb says about um, Fulham, I mean, do you think Marco would let them get away with playing beach football? No, no team, Iriola, Marco, no, no one wants to be letting their players get away with beach football. Um, let's ask Ben. Maybe the manager goes beach. on the beach as well. Man, Marco looks stressed out all the time. If so the manager wants to go on the beach, beach. then <laughs> yeah. he's leading by example, right? So we've got to see how the managers do. Um, what else do we have? So Combs going for KDP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah go for it buddy i don't want to put you off that if he hauled i always say this right what would you regret most so when i'm making benching decisions or captaincy it's like if i bench someone and they hauled so this is why I, like generally i try to start a stupid over lamperty is if i bench lamperty and he returns and i started a stupid i'm like fine i'll live with it four five six points whatever but if I started Lamptey and his Stupinian hold on my bench, I will be livid. You know, like I will go fucking crazy. So, so it's like, so with my captaincy, it's similar. Like, if you know that you want to captain to be so badly that if you don't, and then he hauls, that's going to ruin your game week or piss you off and ruin your day. I will captain him regardless of the outcome because for me, it's like I just want to know that when the result happens, that I made the decision based on what would have pissed me off least if it went against me. Yeah. So, like, I always prepare for the worst. And make sure it's the one that I'm most happy to accept if it goes at its worst. So yeah, that, yeah, right. go for KDB in that case. Clint says, do you still recommend bringing in Solanke on a wild card with the injury and then benching him this week? Thinking of a Douglas, Louise, and Bailey combo. Funnily enough, I had both Gordon and Palmer in my pre wild card team. Yeah. Okay. So this was for the fifth mid, right? So yeah, it's tough. I, I guess bring, I wouldn't bring I in Solanke bring him in, yeah. and injured Solanke. Not on a wild card. I think I'd buy him next week with a transfer if if you're sure he starts but even then maybe you wait for some comprehensive news and pray you get definitive info that says he's out and then just forget him like just don't even need him for the double game because if you buy him and he doesn't play the double that you're going to be like a one transfer back and having wild carded it's going to really hurt i don't think you'll enjoy that mm -hmm. cool so what else do we have uh pw splitter understood me very well Summarized and very concisely said what I tried to explain. <laughs> Emotional points over FPL points. That's exactly what it is. Um, yeah, so I think that's all the questions. There's one or two from Discord. I'm just going to quickly read out as well uh, before we get out of here and let everyone go and enjoy their Thursday evening. So the first one is from BW Splitter. So they'd have to do a post-mortem to critique and improve their decision-making. Uh, they want to know what you think of their choice to play Ariola over Edison. Uh, Edison's nine-pointer um, really obviously annoyed him. Uh, West Ham hasn't played yet, but this is irrelevant to my analysis. He, basically, he wants to know, like, both teams had a similar clean sheet percentage. He decided based on Edison rarely gets saves or bonus points. And 
he thought, so what do you what do you do in that situation? If clean sheets are both very close, do mm. you go for the guy with more routes to points for save points? Or do you simply pick the player from the better team? That's what he wants to know. Because he went for the guy with more points, that more routes to points through saves. But now he's thinking, damn, like this was Man City. Maybe I should have just played the player from the better team. He's saying, I just don't know how to judge form with goalkeepers. So yeah, do you think there's a way to judge form with goalkeepers? And secondly, if it's a tight call on clean sheet odds, are you picking like an Edison every time? Because I know I would. Like I, I, I mean, would I, I think it's week. a. <laughs> I think it's a, it. It depends if if the if the cheaper goalkeeper is um. If he if he's not great, then you play then you play the the goalkeeper on the better team because more more shots, more potential for saves means he's going to face more shots. Which if they're not a good goalkeeper, they're not going to get those saves or they will be irrelevant because they'll concede a higher percentage of those shots, right? Mm. So, so, so I think the key is it since, since it was Ariola, Yeah. I think, I think you made the wrong decision there. You, you go, you go for the, the better one, but if it's like, um, like Leno, for example, who's, who's been a proven good shot stopper, then, then in that case you would go for the Leno. So yeah, it, it better be a good work, goalkeeper yeah. to account for the, for the added shots. And where Sam had felt like they were really struggling of late, I guess what you could say. Yeah. So yeah, I think I would always go for the more expensive player like I, I would question why i owned edison if i didn't start him so it doesn't mean like you know based regardless of outcome even if he blanked that's just the way i would play so it doesn't mean it's right or wrong that's just back to the whole emotional points thing i can't handle if i'm looking at like a nine million midfielder bench then he hauls i'd rather bench a five million and he hauls i just something about pricing bias i'm stuck with and i can't get past it so it doesn't mean that's the correct way to play though so um Sebastian Ku asks, any defender recommendations to buy this week? I've decided to free hit in game week 29. So they don't need to get a defender that plays in 29. So we can actually pick anyone who has a good 27, 28, or 30 on this graphic. They already have Saliba, Doughty, and Dallow. So if you were Saliba, Doughty, and Dallow, I hate to say it, but it looks like Gabriel would be my cat from arsenal i feel like he's still got arsenal another maybe two good... yeah like you've only got saliba we've been scoring more from set pieces than any other team this season and gabriel's like his threat from set pieces is disgusting like i think since he arrived in the league no player in europe who's a center back has scored more than him i think he's had 14 league goals it's just mm -hmm. he's relentless and despite them knowing he's good at it he still scores them so it's like even last week there was an own goal that like when i was at the stadium i thought he scored it's like he's just always in the center of every single bloody set piece from arsenal into the box yeah. so I, I would get him honestly if you can um yeah i think that would be my pick they want to sell one of gay who's injured or a stupid um i think lamperty was flagged and because of that we might see a stupid this week play that left wing back role which would be quite nice mm. if he did i think so i'd keep an eye on that it seems for me better to sell gehi this week but if he's fit and you're you know like that's just i guess you're free hitting in 29 anyway yeah so you don't need to worry about that yeah. fine okay so claire asks this week would you start the nailed on ross barkley versus aston villa or the rotation risk trossard versus sheffield united that Oof. is a very tough question I'm looking Trossard. at our team. Yeah, there's no one else in that front eight that you can bench. I think it is Barkley or Trossard. Um, 
I would look out for Arteta's presser tomorrow because it seemed like Trossard had a knock. I would check if he's mm -hmm. been in training. If you don't see him in training photos, I would be hesitant. If you do, then I would go, yeah, I would start Trossard um, if you see him. I think Barkley, you can bench. That's fine. Any other final questions here that I've missed? Splitter said we answered his KDB question, so... Fine, okay, yeah, because I was just reading about the KDB question, but it is fine. I'll yeah, skip that. Said... That's okay. Um, so final question from Jared is Solanke out for Watkins. I think you'd have to know Solanke's ruled out. Yeah. With the double coming, I just can't I can't do it unless you're sure he's out. Because even if he's just out for the one game, it's like, what do you do? Like if he then doubles and he's back for 28, you're gonna feel why did I send him? You're gonna you're gonna kick yourself. So you need proper info that says that he is ruled out for a month like i think that's what it would take for me to sell him i own him maybe i'm fortunate because i already have watkins but i own selanki and right now they're like the only thing i i just can't see myself selling him like i would bench him and sell huang first so there must i don't know if there's any other problems in your mm -hmm. team jared but i feel like i could find someone else to sell first while i figure out the prognosis on him and if he's still then not ready for 28 then maybe that's when i sell him to like a Luton forward. So get Morris if Solanke isn't fit. He then plays in 29 if I'm not going to free it. So there's loads of things like that. But yeah, let's uh, get out of here, Gabe. One hour, 40 minutes in. We've got about 23 minutes of questions. So that's not bad. I'm glad we did the Q&A for longer this week. Um, let us know how you all enjoyed the show and what you think about the predicted points idea going forwards for the rest of the season in spite of the captaincy metric. Um, again, our wishes and thoughts go to um, obviously Chris and to Kieran. And I think... As I mentioned, like I've already made a donation to Cancer Research. Um, and I think what we're planning to do as well, Gabe and I were discussing this before backstage, like we'd like to put any proceeds from Net That Hall towards uh, Kieran as well, Kieran's treatment. So, you know, we're all there with you, buddy. And um, yeah, anything from the channel is going to go that way. So all the memberships, all the ad money, all your support, we will uh, be pushing straight back towards Chris and his son, Kieran. But um, yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in live lovely to see you guys and honestly um you guys in the live chat make this all worth it and it's so much yeah. fun interacting with you guys each week but um we'll see you for game week 28 next week and may your arrows be green see you soon guys take care peace